Informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. The Feast of St. Adelaide. Okay, actually, her feast was a few days ago, but I just wanted to talk about St. Adelaide because we missed her. She was on Sunday, but nonetheless, here we are because she was the Princess of Burgundy, born in 931. She was a marvel of grace and beauty. She was a daughter of Rudolph II, King of Burgundy, and she was married at the age of 15 to King, the King of Italy, Lothar II. Their daughter later became the Queen of France. At 18, Adelaide lost her husband. Supposedly, he was poisoned by a political rival, Baron Jarius of Iveria, who was then proclaimed himself as king of Italy. Baron Jarius proposed to unite Adelaide in marriage with his son, but she refused. Consequently, he confiscated her estates and imprisoned her in the castle of Garda. Adelaide managed to escape and sought refuge in the castle of Canossa. From there, she sent a plea for help to Otto I, the king of Germany. Otto I responded to her appeal with a powerful army, which defeated Berengarius, and he became king of Italy. And he married Adelaide in 951, and in 952, Otto was crowned Holy Roman Emperor. Now, Adelaide faced challenges within her family as her son, Otto II, initially revolted against her due to influences from his wife, Theophano. Uh, Fearing for her life, Adelaide fled to Burgundy, but later she returned to Germany after her son repented. She became the regent of her grandson, Otto III. A regent is someone who stands in the place of the king, so she acted basically as the queen while her grandson, Otto III, was too young to take the throne. Adelaide used her position to help the poor, to evangelize the nation, and to contribute to the building and restoration of monasteries and churches throughout their land. So Adelaide's life was marked with adventure, with fortitude, with political astuteness. She arranged strategic marriages for herself and not acknowledging her sins and attributing her position to the grace of God. Her legacy includes the gifts of many monasteries, and as a as she know she noted herself as quote sinner by nature and empress by the grace of God. So, what do we ask for from Saint Adelaide on this her feast day? Well, let's ask her to give us the spirit of adventure that she had to be fighters for the right to love the risk to its furthest limits within we- wisdom. To be courageous soldiers of Our Lady, so that in the future someone could say of each one of us, sinner by nature, but champion against the revolution by the grace of God. St. Adelaide, pray Pray for for us. us. Joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. It's good to be here. And wow, I feel so inspired right now. Her father, Saint, no, he's not a saint, but he was King Rudolph. Hey, maybe pretty maybe, cool name. Maybe huh? my daughters will be queen regent one day. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I can that's emulate a, the life. That's a pretty cool name, uh, Rudolph. I, Rudolph. I wish I knew someone with that kind of name. Hmm. hmm. Oh well, it's cool. It's, it's cool <laughs> until you're yeah. When you're in you're in public school and everybody's like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> oh, do people call you Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's awful. 
Yeah, I guess you love Christmas. I had a, you know, I had a friend in elementary school. Her last name was um, Christmas. Really? Yes. Huh. And her first name, guess what her first name was? Father. It was Christy. Christy Christmas? Her name Christmas? was Christy Christmas. No, you're I'm kidding. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> and the Christmas time was like the best time for her. Wow. Or the worst time, I guess. Crispy Christmas. Christy. Yeah, I know. I'm just okay, making fun. Okay. That's what they would say, right? Crispy no, Christmas. no, we would just like make fun of the fact that it was it was her. Actually, we would always make fun hey, of it. It was, just, like, it was like just making making jokes about the fact that her name was Christmas. So yeah, wow. you know, names so are pure. very dangerous. <laughs> names are very dangerous. Like, just don't give your kids uh, names that are gonna <laughs> set them up to get bullied <laughs> later in life. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, praise be to God. You know what today is, Rudy? Today is a great day. It is the greatest of all days. I would say two. To purchase, to purchase a, a raffle, raffle ticket. T- oh, for okay, you're let's trying see if to you say get it right. Let's see if you get it right. A, a Mercedes. Oh yeah, Mercedes Benz. What year? Uh, 2023, right? What color? It's black. Midnight black. black. Night no, black. night black. My there you go. See, GLB that memory is on point today. <laughs> there you go, folks. But. Uh, and you can go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle if you'd like to participate in the raffle or pay it forward. You want to send that to somebody as a Christmas gift? Oh, well, you can make sure that you go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Um, but you know what else is today, Rudy? Um, it's kind of a big deal. Everybody knows it. It's it's Tuesday. Everybody's it? talking about it, dude. Literally everyone. Um it's my mom's birthday. Know. Oh, you're right. You didn't know that? You're right. Everybody knows it's my mom's birthday. Mrs. Fonseca, happy birthday. Well, praise be to God. So thank you very much to my mom for giving birth to me and raising me and dealing with me. I was telling Rudy <laughs> yesterday, I was, I was like, people complain about me and it's like they get annoyed with me and say like, Adrian, you're too harsh. You're too this. You're too that. I'm like, look, you're not saying anything that my mother hasn't dealt with tenfold, okay? Like if you think I'm, I'm bad with you... Imagine having to deal with me like every day for like the last 20 years, all right? So there you go. So thank you to my mom for generously giving me my life and generously not casting me into the woods uh, where I deserve to be. So there you go. Coming up in this hour, at 15 past the hour, a new document from Pope Francis seemingly approves of homosexual blessings. What's the truth of the document, we're going to get to that today. At 30 past the hour, Kim Schwartz with Texas Right to Life joins us to do a pro-life news roundup. And in the next hour, Adam Bly with the Spirit World will be on with us to discuss loneliness during the holidays. And plus, we have a fear and trembling game show. But let's begin with prayer. We'll be praying for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for. I pray in a special way for my grandfather, who's having surgery for his cancer over the next 24 hours for my friend's son who is a preemie Nicholas and for my mother on this her birthday God grant her many more years double her life in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost Amen O divine infant Jesus I have recourse to thee please through thy blessed mother assist me in this necessity because I firmly believe that thy divinity can help me I hope with confidence to obtain thy holy grace I love thee with all my heart and with all the strength of my soul. I repent sincerely of my sins and I beg thee, O good Jesus, to grant me the strength to triumph over them. I resolve never more to offend thee and I come to offer myself to thee. 
with the intention of enduring everything rather than to displease thee. Henceforth I desire to serve thee with fidelity, and for the love of thee, O divine infant, I will love my neighbor as myself. All-powerful infant, O Jesus, I implore thee again, assist me in this need. Grant me the grace of possessing thee eternally with Mary and Joseph, and of adoring thee with the angels in the heavenly court. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are some of your breaking news and headlines this morning. Pope Francis publishes norms for clergy to bless homosexual couples. The Declaration Fiducia Supplicans, issued yesterday by the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith's new prefect, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, presents the results of a project which he has been working with on with uh, Pope Francis. According to Fernandez, the document presents the ability to bless same-sex couples without officially validating their status or changing in any way the Church's perennial teaching on marriage. Despite him noting that the text's, quote, theological reflection based on the pastoral vision of Pope Francis implies a real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official texts of the Church, unquote. The new document, also entitled On the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings, was issued first in Italian, along with translations in French, English, German, Spanish, and uh, no Latin version yet, apparently. The Pentagon has failed a 41,000 uh, troops short of reduced military recruitment goals. Deputy Under Secretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, Ashish Vizirani, hope I didn't butcher his name there, cited multiple reasons for the recruitment shortfall, which he called complex and multifaceted. Among the reasons, a strong economy, that means more options for young people, a smaller eligible population, and Generation Z's generally low trust in institutions and fewer young people with family members who have served in the military. In 1995, for instance, 40% of young people had a parent who served in the military. By 2022, 12% had a parent who had served. This has led to a disconnect between the military and a large share of society, he said. And breaking news. Chick-fil-A will now be open on Sundays. Just kidding. Unless New York lawmakers call out Chick-fil-A over Sunday closures at highway rest stops. A group of New York State Assembly officials want to ensure all travelers can access every restaurant operating at rest stops along the New York State Thruway seven days a week. It's not an issue issue for uh, most rest stop eateries, but it does single out one, Chick-fil-A, which operates at seven of the Thruway's 27 rest stops. Assemblyman Tony Simone, who sponsored the bill, says... You know, we, we get hungry when we're traveling. We may not like our brother-in-law or sister-in-law's cooking and want to get a snack on Christmas Eve, Simone said. To find one of the restaurants closed on the thruway is not just in the public good. Those are some of your headline news this morning. Stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. The Gospel of the Day comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. Yeah, that's a long passage today. So what is this passage? It is the story of the conception of John the Baptist, because John the Baptist is the forerunner of Christ. Now, what is really interesting here, I want to start with this verse right here. In verse 6, it says, And they were both just before God, walking in all the commandments and justifications of the Lord without blame. Now, why does Scripture point out the fact that Zacharias and Elizabeth were both just before God? Well, this is important to note because the Jews at this time believed that barrenness 
was a punishment from God, was a sign that you were committing some kind of grave sin. So it's showing here that they had not committed any sin that would have earned them the wrath of God to the point that they would be barren for that reason. And so Cornelius Lapide commenting on this says, righteous means just before God. Many appear just before men, but few before God, because men look upon the countenance, but God on the heart and conscience. Therefore, St. Francis, Francis says, truly, each man is what he is before God and no more. Now, this is important to note because when you read the Desert Fathers, what do they say about this? Well, there is a story of one of the Desert Fathers who, when he was nearing his end of his life, he began to be filled with fear and trembling and he would cry out and his fellow brothers went to him because he was the abbot of their community. And they were like, Holy Father, you have lived such an austere life. You have lived such a holy life. You have cast out everything to live for God and God alone. Why should you have fear? And what was his response? His response was, God's ways are above our ways. Who can stand before the Almighty God? Now, this is something that should keep us in fear and trembling. It's just something that should strike us and recognize we must be holy. We must hold to the faith whole and entire because who can be righteous? It is a very, very few people who have ever lived, who have been righteous before the eyes of God. And so what does our Lord say? He calls these two righteous. And yet what happens for John the Baptist? When our lady shows up to visit John the Baptist, he is sanctified in the womb. The child leaps for joy being in the presence of the mother of God. And then he is sanctified there and he becomes the forerunner of Christ. He becomes a new Elias, living his life in all austerity of life, living both in solitude and in poverty, keeping the evangelical virtues of poverty chastity and obedience what a grace something that we too should imitate and if you can't imitate it by joining religious life you can imitate it to a degree in your life today you don't have to go to the extent that religious do but you can do it in just a small way Uh, buy some gift for someone especially during the christmas season maybe give some money to the poor have charity for your neighbor Keep this in mind, and I promise you will have a very, very Christmas. Be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be here. No matter what anybody says, I know people are talking. I'm listening. I'm hearing it. It's still good to be here with you. And thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time with me. I appreciate it. So there is a story, and maybe you heard of it. I don't know. It was a small story. Nah, and very few news outlets picked it up. Um, The headline being, Pope Francis allows priests to bless same-sex couples. Did you hear that story? Well, we're going to be talking about that. Now, the first thing that I want to cover is that there is a lot of consternation that people had over this story. I was receiving text messages. I was receiving, um, in my group chats that I'm in, people were in a frenzy. Um, And I'm thinking of a number of group chats, not just one. And my dad even was getting text messages from his friends. And my, I mean, my dad, he's a, he's a fireman. He's not like involved in Catholic ministry at all. And his coworkers just know he's Catholic. And they're like, dude, what on earth is going on? And he had people who were Catholic reaching out to him. He goes, what, what is going on here? And it's very, it's concerning a lot of people. It's concerning a lot of people. Let me give you a couple examples. I had a friend reach out, said, my two nieces were visiting down from California because they know I'm a strong Catholic. They wanted to know the Pope's teaching on the blessings of same-sex marriages. I told them I'd get back to them. I did say he cannot change the doctrine of the church. Does this change the doctrine? I'm confused too. Uh, someone else said, experiencing the same overload of family members and friends of the same-sex blessings, uh, we need to pray. So many people confused and outraged. My phone is blowing up with so many of my family that's confused and it's all over social media. I told my older kids to pray. Uh, so another one of my friends said, and the, this friend, he's actually, uh, he was like, dude, I'm getting prepped for surgery. He's a, he's a medical student. And uh, he was like, dude, I'm getting prepped for surgery. And he goes, is this real? What do we do? This is really bad, bro. I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I don't get it. Is the church the Catholic faithful? What is the church? This is the kind of world rocking thing for me, but I don't have time to look into all this. If the leadership collapses, what is the church? How do you not fall into wrath when stuff like this happens? My gut reaction is hatred. And I received, that's just a few of the messages that I received yesterday. Just tons of messages from people who are freaking out about this. Ambiguity is not charitable. It is not charitable to be ambiguous. Clarity is charity. This is the thing that people keep saying is that nothing changed. Nothing happened. And it's no big deal. Everyone is uh, There's a lot of people out there. A lot of people who are saying that. And here's the reality. The reality is you can get into the document and we can go through the theology of it. And I'm happy to do so. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. But for today, I want to talk about the perception of the document. Because right now, let me just tell you, the entire world, save that of maybe five people who are public figures, are saying that Pope Francis is accepting same-sex blessings. Let me give you an example. 
just going through headlines. New York Times, Pope Francis allows priests to, bl- to bless same-sex couples. The imp- NPR, Pope Francis approves blessing for same-sex couples. CNN, Pope Francis authorizes blessings for same-sex couples. ABC, Al Jazeera, LA Times, The Guardian, PBS, Independent. It goes on and on and on. And here's the biggest thing. People are saying, these people are being irresponsible. This is not what it says. This is completely incorrect. Then why does Vatican News, the official news source of the Vatican, vaticannews.va, say, doctrinal declaration opens possibility to bless couples in irregular situations. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting way to put that. Irregular situations. Why be so ambiguous about that? Why do that? Now, there is somebody that you probably are familiar with, and I've never been a fan of. I've talked about him in the past. Father James Martin, SJ. I actually agree with Father James Martin on this. Father James Martin came out and he said publicly on Twitter, he said, Vatican Declaration of Same-Sex Blessings, be wary of the, quote, nothing has changed response to today's news. It's a significant change. In short, yesterday as a priest, I was forbidden to bless same-sex couples at all. Today, with some limitations, I can. That's from Father James Martin S.J. He's very notorious for pushing for homosexual blessings in the church. For he, One of the outrageous things that he said was he looks forward to the time when two people of the same sex can kiss each other during the sign of peace. Um, yeah, that's Father James Martin. This is very concerning. Now, some people were saying, so they're talking about, okay, why was this document released? Okay, so here is the thing. You should always ask whenever things come up, unto what end? Unto what end? So what is the purpose of this? Why do this? And so the question is, unto what end? Why did they release this document? Now, some people are saying there is nothing happened. Everything is fine. The document says they do not approve of same-sex marriage. Well, they're right. It specifically says it has nothing to do with marriage. It's very clear in the document. It is not saying they're approving of same-sex marriage. It's very, very, very clear in the document. However, there's a lot of ambiguity. So what is the purpose of the document if it's not actually changing anything? If it's just saying what the church has said over and over again, then why release a document? Isn't that interesting? Because something has to be different or it has to be emphasizing or responding to a crisis. Now, some have suggested that it's responding to the situation in Germany. Because today, or rather, I guess yesterday, 38 out of a total of 58 German bishops voted to approve blessing irregular unions, including homosexual. 11 bishops abstained and 9 bishops opposed. So some are saying that this is to combat the German bishops. I highly doubt that's the case. And I'll be happy to be wrong, but this is how you'll know. Will there be any punishment to the German bishops? We'll find out over the coming days whether or not the German bishops will be punished. I have major doubts that that will, in fact, be the case. But if they do get punished, then you could say, okay, well, that was the purpose of the document, to not allow the German bishops to continue what they're doing. But if the German bishops are ignored, because remember, it's not like the Vatican is against punishing bishops. We see it with Bishop Strickland. We've seen it with Cardinal Burke. We've seen it with many of just regular priests who have been restricted by the by the Vatican. You think uh, whether or not it's just or not just, it doesn't really matter. 
but we've seen them punish priests. You think of Father Pavone, for instance. He was removed from the priesthood, so he's not even Father Pavone anymore. He's just Mr. Pavone. And so whether or not that was just or not, let's just say that it's 100% fine. No big deal. But why not Father James Martin? Why not Father Rupnik? Why these priests and not others? It's very interesting. You can tell a lot about somebody by what they don't do. Because remember, you can sin by omission. You can sin by omission, by failing to do. That's why we pray for what I have done and what I have failed to do. See, if the blessings that we were giving were the blessings that you get at confession, when you kneel down before the priest and say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, then there would be no problem. There would be no problem whatsoever. But this is not what is happening here. And some people are saying, okay, no, Adrian, this is not what's happening, and you're misinterpreting what's happening This is not good. Well, here's the problem. We've seen many, many priests already publicly. And these are just the priests that are bold enough to say this publicly. How many priests are doing this who will not come out publicly and admit to this? But for instance, Father Satish Joseph said the Vatican directive that same-sex couples can be blessed, but without any type of ritualization or offering the impression of a marriage is one way of balancing the pastoral care of LGBTQ Catholics and existing doctrine. At least the Pope is willing to address the issue. Father Kyle Hayden said, if anyone is interested, I'd be more than happy to bless same-sex unions. Father Patty said, I warmly welcome Pope Francis' pastoral support to same-sex couples seeking a blessing for their love and lives together. My experience of life is that the black and white legalism of the past has alienated, alienated, excluded, and left too many feeling rejected by the church. And then, of course, you have Father James Martin, who has the most, I mean, I would guess I would argue clear statement on this situation. He said, the Vatican's new declaration, Fiduciae Supplicans, is a major step forward for the church's ministry to LGBTQ people and recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence in their loving relationships. It is also a marked shift from the conclusion God does not and cannot bless sin from just two years ago. The declaration opens the door to non-liturgical blessings for same-sex couples, something that has been previously off-limits for bishops, priests, and deacons, along with many priests, I will now be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex unions. So there you go. So it doesn't actually matter whether or not the document says or not. People are doing it. Priests and deacons and bishops are going to be doing this. So now the question is, will the Vatican punish these people? My guess is that they won't. And the worst part about this is that Cardinal Fernandez came out publicly and said he will not be issuing any further clarifications. So submit your dubia, ask your questions, tell Voice your concerns. He will not respond. He's not going to clarify anything. So what does that mean? The truth of the matter is that we cannot bless sin. That's simply the case. I don't care who you are. I cannot accept that. I cannot accept that because the church is not the Pope. The Pope is not the church. And that goes back to what my friend was saying. My friend asked, Okay, well then what is the church? Is the church the faithful? How can it be that the church, the gates of hell have not prevailed against the church? Well, 
because the Pope is not the church. Yes, he is the head of the church, but the Pope is only infallible when he is infallible. He is only infallible in those circumstances, in very particular circumstances. In this situation, it's simply the case that what he's doing here is not right. He's not right. And if it is the case that he actually did not mean to allow for same-sex blessings, which we'll get in tomorrow, into the actual document itself, well, then he has an obligation before Almighty God to correct publicly and say, look, people are misinterpreting this. This is not what I meant. This is not the teaching of the church. But we can be affirmed in the fact and know that God wins in the end. Because I was asked, hey, Adrian, how do you not have hatred in your heart? Adrian, how are you not so upset? Adrian, how do you not lose hope? Well, it's very simple. One, I'm not surprised by this. I expected these things to happen. We've been seeing the trajectory, so I'm not surprised. And two, I know that in the end, Our Lady said her immaculate heart would triumph. I am confident. I pray for the virtues of calm, courage, and confidence. I'm calm because I know that these storms were predicted. Our Lady said that there would be torment in the church. Our Lady of Akita said there would be times where there would be bishop against bishop, cardinal against cardinal. And here we are. So Our Lady predicted it. She told us it would happen. So we should not fret. We should have courage and recognize now is a time to be a faithful Catholic. Now is a time to fight for the church. Now is a time to be great saints. To know our faith, to learn it ourselves. And I have confidence. I have confidence in the promise of Our Lady and the promise of our Lord. So let us pray today. Let us pray that God send forth his mercy. The word faith has a history that goes back to the Old Testament. It originates as a Hebrew word that speaks to the strengthening of hands. This strengthening is tied to a belief and trust in God. In Exodus, we see that when Moses' hands grew tired, his sons assisted in strengthening and holding them up. When Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem for the census, it was no doubt a journey that required strength, for Mary was with child. On our own journey, when we grow tired, we have others around us, in faith, to assist us and to strengthen us. Friends, a priest, a nun, or with the sacrament of reconciliation, in each step comes a strengthening when we stay tied to a belief and trust in God. This is Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite you to listen to A Life Lived Joyfully, a show where we explore the call to holiness and the life of virtue. Join our hosts, Martha Fernandez Sardina, Monsignor Charles Pope, Steve Gleason, and Sarah Soto, as they discuss ways to live an authentic Catholic life, to strive for holiness, and grow in virtue. Tune in Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also be a part of the conversation with questions or comments at 877-757-9424. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. Now, speaking of... Uh, post-apocalyptic events. Iceland volcano live, the eruption in Reykjanes Peninsula after weeks of activity. That, uh, that uh, volcano in uh, Iceland is uh, currently spewing lavas. A lot of people in danger there. Keep them in your prayers. And you may have heard of Aztec gold or 
even Civil War gold. But have you heard of Costco gold? We sold over $100 million worth of gold during the quarter, says the Costco CFO. In the latest quarter, Costco reported over $100 million worth of gold sales with high demand for one-ounce gold bars. The CFO, Richard Galanti, mentioned the surge during an earnings call, attributing it to a significant online demand. Costco's listed gold bars, priced at $2,069.99, sold out quickly. Gold prices are hitting record highs and are expected to remain elevated in 2024 due to geopolitical uncertainty, potential Federal Reserve rate cuts, and a weaker U.S. dollar. Analysts anticipate gold prices reaching $2,200 per ounce. And love it or hate it, self-checkout is here to stay, but it's going through a reckoning. Quote, going to the grocery store used to be simple, and now it's frustrating, said Cindy Whittington, 66, of Fairfax, Virginia. You're paying more. You're working harder to pay for merchandise at the store, and it's becoming an ordeal to check out. I should get a 5% discount, she said. (laughs) I agree. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says technological advances such as self-checkout and online sales have been the main driver in the declining number of cashier jobs, although there are no precise estimates as to how many cashiers have been replaced by self-checkout. According to the Labor Department data, there are about 1.2 million people currently working as cashiers compared to 1.4 million in 2019, and the BLS expects the uh, number to fall by another 10% in the next decade. In 2021, self-checkout usage represented 30% of transactions, almost double from 2018 according to a survey of retailers by FMI, an industry group, and 96% of retailers surveyed offer self-checkout. Those are your headlines this morning. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time, and God bless all of your holy efforts today. Back to you, Adrian. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. You know, the story about the volcano, honestly, my first thought is, here comes the chastisement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We were talking to Michael Brown Mm -hmm. about the natural disasters and how God was using natural disasters to, to chastise. And I'm like, I could be. We could be getting to that point. I mean, Our Lady did promise there'd be fire raining down from heaven. Now, I mean, in this case, it'd be fire coming from the earth. So, I mean, a little bit different. But I, I honestly, the chastisement will be a blessing. It'll be a blessing to purify the world. It'll be a mercy. And I look forward to Our Lady's promise to be fulfilled and for her immaculate heart to triumph. You know, there's people who think that's crazy. They're like, how could that be merciful? People are chastised. We were going through crazy stuff. Sometimes for you to wake up, you have to go through the craziest and most extreme thing for you to actually turn direction and go the actual right direction. So that's kind of what we mean when um, it is a blessing. Kind of like if you – like you, uh, what is it? The When you have a kid and your kid is misbehaving, sometimes you have to spank them. And it's the spanking them that causes them to wake up. Yeah, They get chastised. It would not be a spanking. Maybe it's a – chastisement or you put him in the corner put him in timeout whatever it is that you like to do to punish your kid or not like to do but your preference <laughs> in, in punishing you hate to um, do it yeah you hate to do it but it it's how you correct them and you know it makes me think of c.s lewis in his book problem of pain he says pain insists upon being attended to god whispers to us in our pleasures speaks in our consciousness but shouts in our pain it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I think, I mean, I think that's 100% correct. So uh, that's typically what happens whenever we are bad. 
we should expect God's chastisements. So coming up uh, probably maybe tomorrow, we'll talk about more about what was going on with the same-sex blessings because uh, many bishops, Cardinal Supich, for instance, the USCCB, the various bishops from the U.S., um, the African cardinals and bishops have spoken up. Uh, they're really upset in Africa. It's, whoosh, I love Africa. A 10 out of 10. And we'll probably cover a lot of the different reactions of that tomorrow, and we'll try to get into some of the actual text itself of what the text actually says tomorrow. Uh, but joining us right now is Kim Schwartz with Texas Right to Life. Uh, good morning to you, Kim. Good morning. Oh, sorry. You got to turn your mic on there. Uh, good morning to you, Kim. Good morning. There we go. There we go. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Glad to be here. Glad the mic's working. Yes, praise be to God. Now, okay, are you doing anything exciting for Christmas this year? Uh, going home to see my family. I think that's exciting. That is exciting. That yeah. is exciting. Where, where are you? Where's home? San Angelo, Texas, small San town in West Texas. Texas. That's right. That's right. Because we talked about Venerable Mary Vigretta. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's the way. Do you have any interesting uh, Christmas traditions? Um, I don't think so. Uh, usually it's kind of the same thing. Board games, football, uh, dominoes, lots of that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So on to the stories for today. There was a number of different pro-life stories that have risen up over the last few days and or well, last few weeks. And here's the a big one was that a abortion group is suing to abort baby with trisomy. What what does that even mean? What what is that? A trisomy tri- 18, it's a chromosomal disorder. So um, Down syndrome for example is also a chromosomal disorder. They have an extra copy for Down syndrome, extra copy of the 21st chromosome. Uh, the trisomy 18 is another chromosomal disorder. And it can greatly uh, reduce the lifespan of people who have it. Um, This is disputed on how long their lives can be. There is one woman who's still alive today who's over 40 years old who has trisomy 18. Um, But the majority of the headlines that you'll read will say uh, that babies born with trisomy 18 will probably won't make it to birth, maybe live an hour or two. And so this pro-abortion group brought a lawsuit for a woman who was in Texas, she was pregnant, uh, 20 weeks pregnant, and her baby had trisomy 18. And obviously this is devastating, right? All of us um, can feel that kind of uh, sympathy for this woman who is now facing a much shorter life with her child than she ever would have expected. And so the pro-abortion group saw this as an opportunity to push their agenda, which um, is even more heartbreaking. That is not a compassionate response at all, but they're looking to exploit the compassion that every all normal people have when you hear this uh, story of a woman who um, is in a very heartbreaking reality that her uh, child's life will be shorter than expected. So pro- pro-abortion group brought a lawsuit on behalf of this woman, and they argued two things. Number one was the child's disability, and because the child had a disability, um, one one pro-abortion doctor anticipated that the woman, the mother, might have to have a C-section or an induction, and that could put her future fertility at risk. So now we have two issues. We have the child's disability, and we have a risk to the mother. Once we actually got to court with that lawsuit, it was actually disputed that the mother's future fertility at ri- it was at risk. Like That is a serious concern, um, and we do, as Catholics, you know, we welcome... Uh, more children, obviously not at the expense of another child. And so it came out that, you know, this isn't uh, the way that the pro-abortion doctor was framing it, that there are life-affirming options that 
uh, doctors could pursue for this mother that honor the child's life and protect the mother. So that seemed like a pretty clear-cut case, but that is not what you would hear in the media or from this pro-abortion group. So this went all the way uh, to the Supreme Court of Texas, trying to, the goal of this lawsuit for the pro-abortion group was first to abort Baby Cox, the child's name, and second to block all of Texas pro-life laws. This wasn't a, the goal was not a singular instance. The goal was to take down all of Texas pro-life laws and put all pre-born children in jeopardy, regardless of um, whether the child was sick or not, regardless of whether the mother was in danger or not. They don't care about any of those, and we believe that uh, the child's life is valuable in all of those circumstances, but you'll see the pro-abortion group use a fringe case in order to push a larger agenda for a gateway. Um, So that was really heartbreaking, but what I think the bigger impact is going to be, that's the more dangerous outcome right now, is the effect that parents will have in hearing this story, right? statistically there are thousands of parents who are hearing the story right now who just got a diagnosis of trisomy 18 for their babies and they're hearing in the media that this is a fatal disorder that it is lethal um, that is incompatible with life is another one and that is simply not true so much so that one of the leading trisomy um, advocacy organizations came out with a statement And they didn't say anything about abortion. They are um, specifically just for supporting families who have uh, children with trisomy uh, conditions. And so they said that the way the media is covering this, and I want to read one headline actually that was um, especially terrible. And it said, pregnant woman carrying doomed fetus sues to get abortion, calling this child a doomed fetus. Um, And so doomed if they're going to kill him. Exactly. If, If you want to ensure that the child is doomed, then abortion is the way to do that. Um, but we want to emphasize that this condition, uh, the um, the survival rates have greatly improved. And we can talk about that in a second. Yeah, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I definitely want to know more about trisomy 18. And I always am skeptical whenever people say this is a death sentence and medical science isn't always as clear. Plus, medical science gets better and people live people live normal lives. We'll talk about this and much more when we come back. Don't go anywhere on Catholic Health. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. The Guadalupe Radio Network has a position open for an event coordinator. This position will be located in San Antonio, Texas. The GRN event coordinator has the goal to organize unforgettable events that are in line with the mission of the Guadalupe Radio Network's efforts of evangelization. This is a wonderful opportunity to join an apostolate dedicated to the highest level of professionalism, competence, ethics, and Catholic values. We are dedicated to spreading the knowledge, love, and practice of the Catholic faith by means of radio. The GRN offers a competitive salary and an amazing benefits package. If you are an active, faithful Catholic and would like to explore a career with the Guadalupe Radio Network, submit your resume and a cover letter as to why you want to come work for the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
send to careers at grnonline.com. Again, that's careers at grnonline.com. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's especially good to be with you today, in particular. You know why? Because today is a very special day. Rudy was telling me that it's special because we're giving away raffle tickets. Or not giving away. We're selling <laughs> raffle tickets. We're selling away, selling raffle tickets for a Marci- Mer. Mar-Sadies. I keep wanting to say Mar. Why do I keep wanting to say Mercedes? Uh, Mercedes Benz at 2023 and Midnight. No, sorry. Night, Night Black. Black. I like Midnight. Why better? They should they should change the name from Night to Midnight Black. No, the color difference between Night and Midnight is very different. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake. Well, that's what we're going to be giving away to somebody who wins in this raffle. That's... Um, Coming up in, when is the raffle actually, the actual day that we draw the names? I don't even know off the top of my head. But it is February 23rd. Thank That's you very right. much, Tim. And that would be the day that you could win a brand new Mercedes-Benz 2023 and Night Black. So make sure that you go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle to go and purchase your raffle tickets there. Now, the real reason why today's special, though, is because it's my mom's birthday. <laughs> so it's it's uh, December 19th, the day that I got in trouble back when I was in uh, high school because I forgot her birthday and went on a trip <laughs> with my buddy oh, to, to the lake. And uh, No. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. I know. I know. You're a terrible son. It's crazy, too, because I asked her for permission to go, and she gave me permission to go. She said, yeah. And then afterwards, she was like, you forgot my birthday. And she changed all my passwords to uh, Trouble19 because I was in trouble, and her birthday is the 19th. <laughs> For years, that was my password for everything. And uh, and so praise be to God. It's my mom's birthday. So if, I'd be very grateful if you would offer a prayer or a rosary for her on this, her birthday. I very much appreciate it. Uh, but joining us right now is Kim Schwartz with Texas Right to Life. We're talking about Pro-Life News Roundup, but we've been talking about the this strange thing called trisomy 18. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've seen it in the news. And right before we went to break, we were talking about how you don't necessarily, it's not necessarily a death sentence that people are making it out to be. Uh, Kim, before we jump back into that, you know, it just reminded me back a couple, maybe about a year ago, there was a, a article that came out saying that the vast, vast majority of fetal diagnoses are just wrong. They're just incorrect that they predict that children will be born with X, Y, or Z. And I believe the number was like 88%. And there's, and it was shocking because you're thinking how many parents have aborted their kids because a doctor said they have this really grave illness, this grave sickness or a grave disability. And then if they would have just carried the child a term, they would have not had any problems at all. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking. And you can read about that study at TexasRightToLife.com. It's true that the uh, New York Times published a a new study saying, that, and this was about a year ago, that about 80% of the prenatal uh, screenings uh, to diagnose for illnesses like trisomy 18 uh, are incorrect. And that's heartbreaking to realize how many parents make a deadly decision to end their child's life based on something that was wrong in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So that's a major, major deal that people just kind of missed. The story just kind of went right under the radar and it was uh, a big deal. But let's go to trisomy 18. Now, you're saying that 
even if they do have trisomy 18, let's just assume that the diagnosis is correct. Even then, it's not a death sentence. Absolutely. So there have been um, great improvements. Like as we, whenever we have a commitment to life, we can actually pursue treatments for the child. We're treating the diagnosis as the problem, and we don't treat the child as the problem. That's the big distinction in the way that pro-abortion um, advocates look at the situation versus pro-life advocates. And so because we have that commitment to life for many children who have trisomy 18, their uh, outcomes have greatly improved where there are more children who are living past their first birthday. There are children who are living longer. Um, you can read about some of these stories at TexasRightToLife.com, but be prepared to cry because uh, they're very, um, very heart-wrenching. But I do want to say, too, that even if the diagnosis is true, that the child will have an illness like trisomy 18, and it's true that they're not going to live very long, maybe uh, make it to birth, maybe uh, live only a couple of hours, their life is still valuable, and God made them with a plan and a purpose. And our suffering can coexist with joy, especially at this time when we think about um, Mary, right? Uh, a lot of the, our Protestant brothers and sisters will like to consider the song, Mary, Did You Know? Mm -hmm. um, as Catholics, uh, we know, Mary did know, but we can ponder this question of what, like how much Mary knew, and she knew everything. She knew that her son would suffer whenever she said life, uh, said yes to life for Christ. She knew that this was a man who would be pierced for our faults. She knew that this would be her child who would be led, led like a lamb to the slaughter. And so she said yes to life and said yes to that joy at Christmas time, even knowing that her son uh, would not have, you know, as long of a life, the same kind of life that anybody else would have. And that that was a gift. And praise God that she said yes, because now we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. That's so true, Kim. And, you know, one of the, the really, because it's a really sad story just to, to hear about this mother, Kate Cox, you know, and I don't know what has happened so far. I'm, I'm not, I haven't heard an update about whether or not she went through with it or not. I, I know the last update was that she was going to go to uh, a different state to actually carry this out, but I haven't heard anything else besides that. But you know, other mothers came out and were telling her, like, look, I, uh, you know, I had a baby with trisomy 18. And the baby was loved and held its entire life. And, and I can guarantee that that child had an amazing life despite it being kind of short-lived. But I baptized the, the baby. It's, a, it's in heaven now. I, I guaranteed that. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. How can you live with, with actually dismembering your child just because somebody's telling you, that they're not going to live for a really long time. So there was multiple moms who came out and were telling her, please reconsider this. You know, there's all kinds of resources uh, for this. What kind of resources are, are out there available for, for moms who are, are getting this, this diagnosis? I, I imagine it's pretty common, right? It's, is yeah. it, how common is it in, in, yeah. um, in births? So the, the diagnosis isn't very common itself. It's about one in 5,000 pregnancies will okay. have a trisomy 18 diagnosis. Um, so but uncommon. Yeah, there are so there are all kinds of illnesses that can cause a child to um, have a much shorter life than anticipated. And so we want parents to know that there are resources that they don't have to walk this journey alone and that there can be joy in their suffering when they choose life. And one of those great organizations is called Able Speaks, A-B-E-L Speaks dot org. And they suffered this uh, tragedy themselves where their son um, only lived a few hours uh, after birth, but now they use that uh, to walk alongside families and give them 
joy and memories and, um, you know, really come alongside as um, compassionate disciples of Christ and walk this journey together and turn what would otherwise be only suffering. Like whenever um, you're met with this kind of diagnosis and you have an abortion, you guarantee that there is only suffering in that story. But whenever we choose life and we um, embrace the gift that God has given us, no matter how long or short that is, that there can be joy together with that um, suffering and that Christ doesn't want us to walk that alone. So I really encourage everyone to know about Able Speaks because statistically we're going to have somebody in our lives who's um, faced with this situation um, and to talk about it because even if you don't know anyone, you're going to know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Um, so really know that resource. Ablespeaks.org is a great organization. Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a very, very important thing to keep in mind. And something that I love from Trent Horn that he, he brings up, and I have brought this up many times in the past, is he always says whenever you have a pro-life issue and you're in a debate about it, he said he always does what he calls trot out a toddler. And he says, okay, you apply this to a toddler. It's like, okay, you have a toddler here, and he's diagnosed with a terminal cancer, and he's going to die in a year, maybe less, six months. So do you A, treat the child, try to give him the best life that he can for the next six months, and then you weep when the child dies, or do you B, kill the child because he's going to die in six months? Exactly. And the vast, vast, vast majority of people would say, clearly, you don't kill the child. You try to make the child comfortable. You try to make him happy, but his last days be the best days of his life. And and then you, you weep when the child dies because it's sad. And, and I think that's – we have to understand the child in the womb is, in fact, a child. It's not different except in location and in age. Other than that, they are the same. And I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind whenever we're talking about these issues. Uh, now, here's the other story with the time we have left. Um, Supreme Court takes up case challenging the use of abortion pill. So what's going on here and how does this affect uh, us here in Texas, but also nationally? Yeah. So you might remember this is the same case earlier in the year around April where all the abortion advocates were freaking out because um, the Alliance Defending Freedom sued the FDA challenging its approval of the abortion pill mifepristone. Chemical abortions involve two pills. The first, mifepristone, kills the preborn child. The second, misoprostol, expels the deceased child's body from the mother's body. It's very horrific, uh, horrific and gruesome. Um, so the F the this lawsuit from the Alliance Defending Freedom against the FDA um, challenges the use of that first abortion pill, mifepristone. It's gone up and down uh, the court. We're actually going to the Supreme Court now, and that'll be heard in uh, 2024. But the important step right now is that the Supreme Court announced they're going to take it up. We don't see a lot of uh, big changes. This case had the potential to take the abortion pill entirely off the market, but the Supreme Court's not going to challenge that question, so uh, or not going to consider that question. But we do have two other um, possible outcomes that could happen. They could stop mail order abortions that uh, Joe Biden authorized, and they could stop uh, or limit the window that the abortion pill is available. It's currently um, al allowed to be used at 10 weeks in pregnancy to kill a preborn child. And this case could force the FDA to scale that back to seven weeks where it was proven to be um, safer for the woman earlier in pregnancy as opposed to later. 
Um, we know 100% of the time it kills a preborn child, and so we don't want it at all. But again, this could have the effect of limiting abortions na- nationwide by uh, reducing that window and stopping the use of mail-order abortion pills. So wow. be in prayer for that. Okay. Well, that's a kind of a big deal and not as big a deal as we were hoping. But right. It's still a big deal. So what do we think is going to be the result of the Supreme Court? We know kind of the makeup and the kind of the leanings. Uh, do we foresee it for a favorable ruling? Right. So there's two ways of looking at this. First is this Supreme Court is on the conservative side. And even aside from the abortion question, they're very um, skeptical of the bureaucracy, like these three letter agencies that are trying to govern um, willy nilly, for lack of a better term. And so this could they could look at this question in um, keeping these three letter agencies in check and really keeping more power in the legislative branch rather than the executive branch. The other side of looking at it is the fact that uh, the Supreme Court didn't look at that initial question of taking the abortion pill off the market. That's one cause for concern. Um, So we'll be in prayer. Anything can happen. um, But stay tuned at TexasRightToLife.com on that. All right. So check it out. TexasRightToLife.com. Under the tab News, all that information is there. But thank you very much, Kim, for being on with us. And uh, have a blessed rest of your Advent and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, Adam Bly with The Spirit World. We're talking about loneliness during the holidays. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, my name is Father Peter McShirley. Today we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent. So we're just a couple weeks away from Christmas Day itself and still preparing for the coming of the Lord. And the gospel today, uh, St. John the Baptist, he quotes the Old Testament. He quotes Isaiah. Um, and he says, make straight the paths of the Lord. Sometimes when we think about this, we're thinking, okay, how do I make my paths straight? But we have to remember what St. John the Baptist says. Make straight the paths of the Lord. That means that our Lord is coming, whether the paths are straight or not. Um, but what we're doing is we're making his way into our hearts and into our lives Um, free of obstacles so that he can enter in and so that when he comes across our heart, our mind, our home this, uh, this Christmas, there's no obstacle in the way of his entering. And so my challenge this week is, of course, we need ongoing repentance, especially uh, to remove the obstacles in the sacrament of penance. So if you haven't gotten to confession this Advent, go this week. There's plenty of opportunities. That's the challenge. Go to confession and repent and make straight the paths of the Lord to your heart. Two Minutes to Virtue is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Arlington, Virginia. For more information, visit their website, arlingtondiocese.org. Advent Joy lights the night air. For kindly St. Nicholas was making his way there. But wait. There's a pause in his plan. Santa's priority should be that of every man. Wise men seek the Savior first, knowing only Jesus can quench our heart's greatest thirst. So come home to Mass, each week and every season, for love is born tonight. Our hope for heaven, the reason. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on you today. It's always good to be here with you, especially heading towards 
the end of the Advent season. Can you believe it? We are just about done with Advent. Just days away. And just as a reminder. Unbelievable. I know. I I still haven't done my Christmas shopping, by the way. I did my, uh, I did a little bit of Christmas shopping yesterday and I'm like talking to my siblings like, Hey guys, did y'all uh, get something from mom and dad? Can think I can uh, throw my name on that? I'll send you uh send you a couple, couple dollars. You know, your mom listens. To I show. know it's a major problem. My mom listens to the show. And so I'm like, geez, now I, I, I gotta get, I gotta be careful about what I say. Cause she's, uh, she's paying attention. She calls me out when I tell stories about our family. She's like, that's not how that story happened. I'm like, Hey, that's how I remember it. Okay. I don't may. And whose memory is better here. All right. All right. And then she's like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, okay, that's well, up, dude. it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God and happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday. It's her birthday today. So be offering up my rosaries today for her. And I would ask you to do the same. I'd be very grateful um, for for your prayers. So thank you very much. Uh, before we jump into our conversation with Adam Bly, I did want to remind you, for Christmas this year, it's a little complicated the way the mass schedule works. And let me give you the simple version of how mass works this, this year. So you have Sunday mass. So you have a Sunday obligation to attend mass every Sunday of the year. No, that's a holy day of obligation. Every Sunday is a holy day of obligation. Christmas is also a holy day of obligation. So you got to go to Mass on Christmas, and you got to go to Mass on Sunday. So this coming Sunday is both the fourth Sunday of Advent, and it's also Christmas Eve. So what does that mean? That means at the very simple level, you got to go to Mass on Sunday, then you got to go to Mass on Monday. That would be the easiest thing for you to do. Now, if you want to make it more complicated, you're welcome to do so. And here's the more complicated version. <laughs> if you want to do it all on one day, you can go to Mass in the morning on Sunday, and that would fulfill your Sunday obligation. And then you can go to Mass after 4 p.m., which would be the vigil Mass for Christmas. Or you could do the Midnight Mass, which, what time is Midnight Mass? I don't know. Ask your local parish. And they will have Midnight Mass, and then you will fulfill your Sunday obligation. So if you go to two Masses on Sunday... One that's your Sunday Mass and one that is a vigil for Christmas. You fulfill your Sunday obligation. Two day, two Masses in one day. Or you could go to a vigil Mass on Saturday, the 23rd, which would fulfill your Sunday obligation. A vigil Mass on Sunday, which would fulfill your Christmas obligation. Does that make sense? Was that clear? Okay, I hope so. There, And then you can mix and match that in a couple of different ways. And a couple of different ways you can mix and match that. So Just you could go to Mass on Christmas Day and the Vigil Mass on the 23rd. And that would fulfill your obligation that way as well. Uh, so those are several options. Several options for you. The simple way, again, the simple way, Mass on Sunday, Mass on Monday. That's the simplest thing you could do. Mass on Sunday, Mass on Monday. Second simplest thing you could do, two Masses on Sunday. Mass in the morning on Sunday, Midnight Mass. Do those that's the easiest thing that you could possibly do. Contact your local parish if you have any questions to see what their schedule is like so you can make sure it gets all taken care of. But, yeah, it's a little confusing. It's a little confusing. So hopefully that clarified it. I will continue to remind you the rest of the week because it is, it's, a, it's a little odd this year. But joining us right now is Adam Bly with The Spirit World. Good morning to you, Adam. Good morning, Adrian. How are you? I'm doing great. Praise be to God. Uh, what is your plans for the mass schedule this this year? 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were talking about that. So for myself, I think I'm leaning towards uh, going in the morning on Sunday and then the vigil that evening. I really enjoy uh, the vigil mass before Christmas myself. Me too. Me too. I, I, my, I'm personally going to try to do Sunday morning and then midnight mass. That's going to be my personal mm-hmm. uh, goal. But we'll see what my family wants to do because we try to attend as a family, uh, for especially for Christmas. So praise be to God. Now, Adam, the this time of year is always a – it's – it sometimes becomes very lonely for people because they have they see everybody else and the people who are with their families, people are with their friends, people are, are in relationships. Today is this is the pretty time of year where people get into the most amount of relationships and then in a couple months it's the time where the most amount of people get out of relationships and there's a lot of loneliness. So how do people respond to that situation? Yeah, it, this is a really, it's a difficult time of year, Adrian. You know, uh, in my, I spent a lot of years working in the area, working in, in therapy and psychological services, and it's a, it's a really difficult time of year. Um, and just to really briefly give some props of what you can do with the power of radio. I have a friend, Father Ron Lenguin, who has had a radio show here in Pittsburgh for, I think, around 40 years. Um, and every year he does this special program where he gets on the air live Christmas Eve and stays on all night until morning. And he has various guests come in and do a single hour with him just for the people that are alone uh, on Christmas Eve and to just continuously, you know, give them a companion through the radio and comfort. And I, I've always thought that was so beautiful. So just giving a little bit of props to Father Ron Langwin and his show. Um, what can you do? Well, I, I would say, you know, if you are feeling really depressed and down, I, I would call one of the support lines that would be available, you know, either nationally or locally, um, that if you're in crisis or, or feeling like you're being overwhelmed, call psychological services, support for your county. Don't be afraid to reach out because sometimes um, being alone at this time of year, it can get overwhelming really quickly, especially if you've if you've lost somebody this year. Mm. So I would say, you know, reach out. Um, when when we sit alone, our mind can tend to spin a little bit, and we can kind of lose perspective if we just keep thinking over and over and over about something, and you kind of lose perspective. And talking with somebody about it can kind of shake you out of that and give you a little perspective. Then on the spiritual side, of course, you know, in, engage. I would say one of the beautiful things about YouTube, there's a lot of bad things, but one of the beautiful things is we can engage with different, really beautiful uh, talks and discussions about the various beautiful layers of Christmas spiritually. Um, And so you can really dive into that and give yourself that a little bit of a sense of togetherness with, with some of the people, even though it's through YouTube and their recordings, but there can be a sense of community when we hear a recent video or a recent discussion on these things. Um, so basically, again, the sense of finding a way to be with people, even, you know, it's not the same as face-to-face, but as humans, sometimes we can respond well even just to talking with somebody. So, yeah, I would say that. Um, and then, of course, reading or watching some of the movies about the biblical story 
around Christmas can also be beautiful. Um, to remember that, you know, there was rejection and being kind of alone and searching um, that went on for the Holy Family at certain points. And we can kind of identify with that, um, that if we're feeling, you know, a little bit maybe persecuted or alone or having difficulties, we can remember the Holy Family, you know, had major difficulties at this time of year. But with God's grace, they persevered and, and look what came out of it. Adam, there is one thing that is, it's actually, it's really tragic, is social media, especially right now, I, I assume it's probably because the, the algorithms know that this is going to gain traction, but if you start scrolling through Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts, especially right now around this time of year, you see a lot of videos about loneliness, about being sad, about Especially one thing that's be, I've seen very common right now is loneliness amidst a crowd. You're saying, oh, I'm surrounded by friends and family. I'm surrounded by these people, but they don't understand me. They don't get me. I, I'm, I'm different. I'm not like them. I, I'm alone. Um, wh- how would you respond to people who are feeling that way? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I think the root of that is when we don't feel safe to really be ourselves with the people in our lives, to be a little bit honest and a little bit more vulnerable in that sense, to share how we're really feeling. You know, when we have these superficial interactions where, you know, you're just being polite, hi, how are you, I'm fine, you know, and and moving on, where there's no actual connection there. And hopefully, you know, with the people in our lives, there's always difficulties in families, but the people that are really in our lives consistently, like family members and and people that we're close with, taking the chance to be a little more real and vulnerable can quickly take that superficial interaction into something a a little bit deeper. And it kind of goes back to some of the, you know, the things that, that we talk about last Advent and this one on our show, and that is to not only try to root out a sin, but try to forgive others that have hurt you, that have sinned against you. Um, because a lot of times that feeling alone is because we've been hurt, and so we have a wall up, and we're not actually connecting with the people around us. And so what you're really saying is, you know, emotionally, I'm not connected at all to the people around me. So it's not easy, Adrian, of course, um, but finding a safe person to be genuine with, even if it's a little bit uh is is kind of moving in the right direction and maybe healing some relationships with family. You know, somebody's safe, somebody that's not obviously like actively abusive and things like that. Um, you don't want to put yourself in danger. But if there's just old wounds that keep you feeling alone, maybe this is a good time of year to forgive and ask other people to forgive you. Mm. Adam, what about for parents? In the last couple minutes we have here, their parents often will notice, especially this time of year, their kids lock themselves away, their kids are aloof, and they want to try to connect with their kids. And sometimes it comes off as overbearing and it kind of drives them further away. So what would you recommend to parents and how to approach their kids? Oh, wow. Um, that is a really tough one. And, and I don't feel as competent to answer that question, but I think it would, it would come back to the, hopefully the chance to be genuine and, and have a genuine connection. And that can mean, 
you know, maybe having a family tradition that we all turn our phones off, you know, for a period of time or set them aside and actually interact with the people that are physically with you. You know, you, you see the meme of the people texting each other from across the table. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I really think as silly as it is with younger people, um, we're all, even us old, old people, we're all so tethered to our phones basically from within seconds of getting up until seconds before we go to sleep. And that can be a real barrier because we're putting more emotional connection into the person we're texting with in a sense and ignoring the people around us. So that's become a powerful factor. Um, So I would say everybody maybe put aside your phone for an hour or two and spend some time and tell some family stories. Mm. Um, That sometimes can be powerful. You know, like you mentioned about your mom saying, oh, that's not how that story happened. But it's a very powerful thing to tell stories and get a sense of your family and how things, different relationships and events and the the things you hear every year about uncle so-and-so. Those are powerful. And they can also put us in touch with the world before these phones and how people used to live. And I think that can be interesting. So anyway, um, the bottom line is, genuine connection with the people you're actually with face to face and try to find a way to foster that without being overbearing. Mm. And it could be as simple as turning the phones off for a little bit. Amen. Amen. I know it's, it's very difficult. I've even in our family, we, we struggle with that sometimes. And uh, I know my mom gets upset with me when I pull out my phone. I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry. And we try to throw the thing out the door. So praise yeah. be to God. We always uh, try to keep the phones away uh, but we always uh, struggle with it. So uh, we're all working on it together. We're all heading in that mm-hmm. direction together, trying to become detached from that little black box that my mom likes to call it. Uh, but praise be to God, Adam, where, what are, where can people tune in for the spirit world and what's the topic for the Saturday? So, yeah, we, we do the spirit world every Saturday, uh, 10 to 11 central, 11 to 12 Eastern. And, you know, this, This Saturday, as we've been going through Advent, we're going to focus on love, which is about the fourth week in Advent, but we're also going to focus on Christmas Eve and kind of look into the spiritual aspects of all of that and and the culmination of this journey that we've been on, you know, anticipating Christ both historically but in our hearts, you know, this year in, in a special way, God willing, that we're all going to grow a little bit and focus on the love and the love that led to the Father sending the Son, and the love the Son had for us. To Amen, carry Adam. Out what the Father did. So tune in to the Spirit World every Saturday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. But God bless you, Adam. God love you, and have a blessed day. And that's going to do it. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling Game Show. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's your go-to for interpreting the Bible? You go on Sinatra, he did it his way, or you go on Magisterium, we're doing it the Apostles' way. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. The Magisterium. What's that? That's the indisputable 2,000-year teaching authority of the Church. The Catechism says, the task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the Catholic Church alone. Secondly, a stark contrast. Again, the Catechism says, the Magisterium is 
not superior to the Word of God, but it is its servant. In contrast, the megachurch pastors are coming up with some crazy stuff. They tell us, quote, God is doing a new thing, or the Lord spoke to me this. Humorously, out from all of this, they become their own pseudo-magisterium. And thirdly, Mr. Sinatra, your voice and your music in the 40s swooned my mother, but with lofty lyrics and a lot of ego, your advice from the 1975 hit, I did it my way, falls short. Come on, let's get under the comforting shade of the magisterium. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 757-9424. That's a number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner. Can you believe it? You. Yes, you. A winner. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial that number, 877-757-9424. We always take the first caller and have good news for you because right now the next person to pick up the phone and dial that number will, in fact, have the chance to be a winner, 877-757-9424. Now, you may be asking, what exactly am I going to be a winner at? Well, we are playing the Fear and Trembling game show, and here I have in front of me three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. Rudy's going to give me an answer, and it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This week we are giving away the very last Uh replica of the coffee cup of divine providence. Confirmed. I don't don't have it with me right now. It sometimes appears and disappears from reality. It, It like phases in and out for some reason. That's interesting. It may happen to you, just giving you a like fair a warning. And hopefully, it's not doing that while you're taking a sip because the interesting quality of this coffee cup would find providence. <laughs> would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> this replica of the coffee cup of divine providence, it makes your coffee taste 80% better. Hopefully, it doesn't phase out because then, as Adrian said, the the liquid remains and it would just spill on your lap and you'd have hot, hot coffee. You, may, <laughs> you might be wondering, though. Why is this the last one? Why are you guys hyping it up? Well, you know, a, a very, um, a very amazing music artist once said, Mm. closing time, nothing lasts forever. And I'm just, which musician is this? Yeah. It's, uh, a band named Semisonic. Ah, yeah. Semisonic. Must have been a one hit wonder because I I never heard anything else. (laughs) (laughs) But things are coming to Catholic Drive Time. Things that uh, I can't discuss. But something new is coming around the bend, and I can't tell you what it is, but Something's it's going to be 
guaranteed the last time you can get this coffee cup of divine providence. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I didn't believe Rudy when he said it yesterday. So Rudy and I scoured the office to see if there's any hidden replicas of the coffee cup of divine providence. And I can assure you, this is, in fact, the last one. It is the last replica of the coffee cup of divine providence that we have left. And so whoever wins it this week, that's it. It's over. So praise be to God. And maybe, just maybe, it'll be you, Mariano. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Mariano. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling from Frisco, Texas. Frisco, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, Now, Mariano, uh, what are your Christmas traditions? Before we jump into the game, I want to know what your favorite Christmas tradition is. Well, um... When you, when, I don't know how to say in English, but when we uh, take the baby Jesus and put it on the manger. Ah, wonderful. Praise be to God. Yeah, I know a lot of people like to uh, make that a massive ceremony. I know some people who will have their kids put in the straw. One at a time as they do good deeds throughout the Christmas season. <laughs> the Advent tried season. doing that this year. That didn't work for you? <laughs> it's just too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and I know uh, other people were telling us how they have the most well-behaved kid of the year gets to put baby Jesus into the manger. Uh, uh-huh. So how do you all decide who gets to put baby Jesus in the manger? Uh, it's going to be the youngest one. The young. Oh, that's easy. That less con- least controversial thing to do. So way to go. That's awesome. Praise be to God. Now, Mariano, you're familiar with the game. You know how to play. Are you ready to jump into it? Yes, sir. Are you ready, you ready for me? Oh, we're, yeah, we're <laughs> ready for you. All right. Let's jump into it. Question number one. Number one for you, Rudy. Okay. In 1954... A great year, by the way. Yeah, I remember it fondly. Of happy memory. Of happy memory. As the popes say in their encyclicals. Yes, there you go. Uh, wow, I was thrown off. In 15... Ni- oh my goodness. In 1954, there we go, Pope Pius XII beatified and canonized the great, quote, Pope of the Eucharist. Who was this Pope of the Eucharist? Who was this Pope that I consider to be, quote, my boy, unquote. Ah. The one that I always mention all the time. Uh-huh. His name, remember his name. I remember it. Pope remember. Pius the Tenth. Ah. Sancte Piedecime. There you go. Praise be to God. I love that song. It's one of my favorites. All right, Mariano. Well, maybe you've heard the song before, but the question is, is he right about... Pope Pius X. The question on the board is, 15 seconds on the clock, in 1954, Pope Pius XII beatified and canonized the great Pope of the Eucharist. Who was he? Rudy says it's Sancte Pie Decime, or Pope St. Pius X. What say you, Mariano? Uh, I'm going to throw Rudy on that. You're going to trust him. it's one of his favorites. Both. All right. So, he well. would remember really good. All right, let's see if he's right. Survey says that is, in fact, correct, Mariano. It is, in fact, correct. It was St. Pius X. And the reason why he's a Pope of the Eucharist is because he's the one who let kids of, I think, what, seven receive Holy Eucharist? Before that, you had to wait until you were like 13, 14. And he was like, why? Let the little children come to me. So he lowered the age for children to receive Holy Eucharist. So he's the Pope of the Eucharist. He also wrote extensively about the Eucharist as well. So, Amen, amen. Yeah, what a grace. What My a boy. Grace. He, 
His boy, Pius X. Quote Rudy <laughs> Carlos. All right, Mariano. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Question number two for you, Rudy. The Immaculate Conception is the patron saint of which country? Now, do you say patron saint or patroness of, right? Because it's Our Lady? Um, That's another trivia so. question. I guess so. But... This country has the same name. It's called Concepcion, and mm. it's an island off of Argentina. Oh. Concepcion, Argentina. All right, Mariano. The question on the board is, the Immaculate Conception is the patron saint of what country? 15 seconds on the clock. Rudy says it's Concepcion, which is an island just right off the coast there of Argentina. What say you, Mariano? Is he a liar or is he a truther? Conception. Why? Because it's Spanish for conception. So, Argentina, Island, because it's an island. So, what are you going to go with, uh, Mariano? Is he right or is he wrong? Because you mentioned a country and he just said an island. All right, let's see. He said you're wrong. Survey says <laughs> that is correct, Mariano. No, it is not Concepcion. Is that even a real island off of Argentina? I, I was making it up. I thought there weren't any islands off Argentina, but apparently there are. And is one of them Concepcion? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine if it was actually correct. No. Oh, man. Is there a country that doesn't have islands? Let's take a look here. <laughs> there you go, folks. I don't think so. So the correct answer is the United States of America. The USA, the patroness of America, is the Immaculate Conception. Now, obviously, the patroness of the Americas is Our Lady Guadalupe. But the patroness of the United States of America is the Immaculate Conception. So praise be to God, Mariano. You could not be tricked from Rudy's trickiness. Are you ready for question number three? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Rudy, numero trace for you, which is actually old Slavonic for three, for those mm. who don't know. Mm-hmm. Numero trace. All right, question is, was St. Francis of Assisi a priest... A stigmatist or both? Yeah, he had a pretty, pretty severe astigmatism on his left on his eye. Eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> did you know that? We're of one accord. He was a stigmatist only. Oh. And I don't, I don't mean like his, you don't mean eye. his eyes. You mean what do you I mean? I mean that? he had the wounds of Christ. Oh. Okay. All right, Mariano, the question on the board is 15 seconds on the clock. Was St. Francis of Assisi a priest, a stigmatist, or both? Rudy says he was just a stigmatist. And I'm like, just a stigmatist? I mean, it's kind of a big deal, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Uh, What say you, Mariano? I know he was a priest because I go to St. Francis of Assisi. So you I don't remember about the stigmatism. I don't recall. I think it's, she just was a priest, but I don't recall she has the stigma. So you're gonna say no, he's wrong. Is that what you're gonna go with? Yeah. Alright, let's see. Survey says Oh Mariano, I'm so sorry. Oh, Rudy was actually correct. 
He is actually just a stigmatist. St. Francis of Assisi was never ordained a priest. He was forced to become a deacon. They had to twist his arm. He, was, he didn't even want to be a deacon. And they were like, you need to become a cleric so that way you have more authority. And he's like, fine, I'll be a deacon. The only pre-stigmatist was Padre Pio. The only one. Wow. Every other stigmatist was either a religious sister or a someone who was lower than a priest for, for men. So praise be to God, Mariano. You got two for wow. three so far. You rocked it. Uh, or two for three. That's it. I mean, two for three. That, that's, that's the whole thing. But praise be to God, Mariano. Stay on the line so we can get your contact information. But God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed rest of your Advent and a very Merry Christmas. All right, we're going to go into our after show. We would love to have you. All you have to do is look up Catholic Drive Time on your favorite social media platform. Go to YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, and type in Catholic Drive Time. And there you'll find our live stream, and you can leave a comment, chat with us, and we're going to interact with you directly. Whatever it is, questions, comments, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, whatever it is you want to talk about, something from the show, Christmas, Advent traditions, favorite Christmas music, whatever it is. But if not... We'll talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. And remember, Christ comes very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Guadalupe Radio Network for our online viewers and for those here present. All long expected Jesus, born to set your people free. From our fears and sins release us from our captivity. Israel's strength and consolation, you the hope of all the earth. Dear desire of every nation, come and save us by your birth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, 
and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. <laughs> Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Let us pray. O God, who through the child-bearing of the Holy Virgin graciously revealed the radiance of your glory to the world, Grant, we pray, that we may venerate with integrity of faith the mystery of so wondrous an incarnation and always celebrate it with due reverence. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Judges. There was a certain man from Zorah, of the clan of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and had borne no children. An angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Though you are barren and have no children, yet you will conceive and bear a son. Now then, be careful to take no wine or strong drink, and to eat nothing unclean. As for the son you will conceive and bear, no razor shall touch his head. For this boy is to be consecrated to God from the womb. It is he who will bring the deliverance of Israel from the power of the Palestines. The woman went and told her husband, A man from God came to me. He had appeared of an angel of God, terrible indeed. I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, You will be with child and will bear a son. So take neither wine nor strong drink, or eat nothing unclean. For the boy shall be consecrated to God from the womb until the day of his death. The woman bore a son and named him Samson. The boy grew up and the Lord blessed him. The Spirit of the Lord stirred him. The word of the Lord. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety, for you are my rock and my fortress. O oh my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. My mouth, my mouth shall be filled, be filled with, with your, your praise, praise, and I will, and I will sing, sing your, your glory. glory. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God, from my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb you are my strength. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. I will treat, I will treat of the mighty works of the Lord. O God, I will tell of your singular justice. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and till the present I proclaim your wondrous deeds. My mouth shall be filled with your praise, and I will sing your glory. 
There was a priest named Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Once, when he was serving as priest in his division's turn before God according to the practice of the priestly service, He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then, when the whole assembly of the people was praying outside at the hour of the incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled by what he saw, and fear came upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to to turn the hearts of fathers toward children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to prepare a people fit for the Lord. Then Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him in reply, I am Gabriel, who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. But now you will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, and were amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was gesturing to them, but remained mute. Then, when his days of ministry were completed, he went home. After this time, his wife Elizabeth conceived... And she went into seclusion for five months, saying, So has the Lord done for me at a time when he has seen fit to take away my disgrace before others. The Gospel of the Lord. There are some scholars who speculate that the reading that we hear today of Isaiah being or Zechariah being chosen by lot to enter into the Holy of Holies to offer incense that it coincides with the Jewish feast of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement of course was commemorating when Moses came down from Sinai with the 
Ten Commandments in order to present to people the way to God, the pathway to salvation. Yom Kippur was the one day, the one celebration when the unutterable name of God could actually be pronounced by the priest. The way it worked was the priest would enter into the Holy of Holies to offer incense and animal sacrifice, and he would go in representing the people before God. But by having entered into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, once the sacrificial atonement had been made, he would leave God and he, or he would leave the Holy of Holies and he would offer the most precious blessing which the Jews had, the Ha-Berakah, which would then be offered over the people who would have made pilgrimage from all over Israel to come to be present to receive the blessing where that unutterable name of God would be uttered this one time as a sign that God's presence is with his people. We put those things together, one can imagine how shocking it would be and even perhaps how disappointing as a pilgrim that you come there to the Holy of Holies for Yom Kippur, Zechariah goes in, he offers incense and he comes out and now he's mute and unable to utter the most precious blessing which for the people would be received as a sign that God is truly with them on their journey back to where they came from and in their lives. In all of the Gospels, they tend to use a literary device called an inclusion. It starts with a particular theme, and at the end, it kind of provides a bookend to that theme. In a way, in the Gospel of Luke, when it starts here with this moment of Zechariah coming out and not being able to utter the blessing, it's really a sign that God is going to bless his people in a radically new way, and he is going to be present to his people in a radically new way, which of course we know is the coming of the Messiah. And it's significant, therefore, that precisely at the end of the Gospel of Luke, before Jesus ascends into heaven, we are told he stretches out his hands and he blesses his apostles and the peoples. Now the blessing of God, the presence of God among his people is going to be definitively made by Jesus, who is... God himself who comes to be with us and who blesses us in an inordinate way so that we can become the sons and daughters of God by the grace of adoption. One final point when it says that Zechariah was chosen by Lot. The word in Greek for Lot is the word kleros, which is where we get the word cleric. Really a sign in a way that to be chosen as a priest by God is really to win the lottery. It is to have been having God's lot fall upon you, to choose you as a special mediator, to participate in the one priesthood of Jesus Christ, to be able to represent the people before God, and to be able to communicate the blessing of God to his people. And this is the gift that we receive in Jesus's incarnation and the gift of the incarnation in God blessing us through Jesus Christ. And so, my brothers and sisters, today, let us ask God for the grace that we would always treasure this blessing we have received through Jesus, through the incarnation. Let us pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood, and let us pray that all priests would always be diligent in their duty to be able to be mediators before God and man according to the one priesthood of Jesus Christ and would be able to extend the blessing of God to all peoples. Amen.
trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. For our family, friends, benefactors, for those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Network and online, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. We pray in these final days of Advent that we would truly treasure the blessing that God has bestowed upon us in Jesus Christ, that we would always strive to conform our will to his. We pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Savior of the nations, come, show the glory of the Son. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that our Lord chose such a birth. Not by human flesh and blood, but the Spirit of our God was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring pure and fresh. Wondrous birth, O wondrous child, of the virgin undefiled, mighty God and man in one, eager now his race to run. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. <clears throat> Look with favor, we pray, O Lord, on the offerings we lay upon your altars, that what we bring, despite our weakness, may be sanctified by your power through Christ our Lord. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for all the oracles of the prophets foretold him. The virgin mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that already we rejoice at the mystery of his nativity, so that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. 
And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisunt Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in <clears throat> you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. <clears throat> the mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullest of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, Audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, 
Sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. <coughs> Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Ave Verum Corpus Natum De Maria Virgine Vere Passum Immolatum in cruce promine, cuius latus perforatum, fluxit aque et sanguine, 
Esto nobis pe pregustatum, mortis in examine. O Jesu ducis, O Jesu pie, Jesus, Filii Marie. Let us pray. As we give thanks, Almighty God, for these gifts you have bestowed, graciously arouse in us, we pray, the desire for those yet to come that we may welcome the nativity of our Savior and honor it with minds made pure through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Redemptoris Mater Que pervia celi portamanes, et stella maris, sucute cadenti, surgere qui curat populo, tuque genuisti, natura mirante, Tuhum sanctum genitorem, Virgo prius ac posterius, Gabrieli sabore, Sumens iludave, Pegorum miserere. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.